We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. If the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network post-game seven podcast. The Milwaukee Bucks fall in Boston in pretty brutal fashion. 109-81, game seven. The Bucks now fall to... Zero and four against Boston all time in game seven. So zero and three. I think it's zero and four. Yeah. Um, And it was really bad Uh, for the most part. After a great start, an okay first half, pretty much the worst second half you could draw up for Milwaukee. I am Ty Windish of the Eurostep, joined as always by the lovely Rohan Kadi, also of the Eurostep, and the delightful Adam McGee of the Win in Six podcast. Fellas, for the last time, in the 2021-2022 Bucks run, how's it going? I thought you were going to say ever. I was like, wow, this is news to me. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Are we done with the pod or are you just never asking how we're doing again? Brewers are uh, Brewers are in full swing. We got plenty of pods coming uh, in GSPN, even if they're not on this feed. Shout out cruising for a bruising. Boom. Uh, doing, you know, I'm Bad. surprisingly okay. Oh, I'm okay. Fine. You know, there's, there's more important things to worry about in life. I'm uh, taking a, a world view here, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. Um, you know what is, you know what does get me down, Ty, though? Gets me down that not everyone listening is subscribed and is pro- might uh, stop listening now that the Buck season is over. But don't, don't you worry. We're going to have plenty of offseason content coming. So make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, Adam, Adam, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing better for seeing both of you guys. That's uh, that's the answer to it. Uh, that's cute. I guess it. I guess it is, isn't it? It really is. It helps that the second half was as ugly as it was because we all had a lot of time to come to terms with it. You know, is it a good thing? Will we look at it as a good thing going forward? No, but we're not coming in here off like a a good punch at the buzzer, which I don't think any of us would be able to withstand. We probably wouldn't be recording the pod just yet if that was the case. Look, it's pretty devastating. It's not how you want the season to end, any season. It's not how you want a title defense to end. But that's how it is. That's how the NBA is. There's lots of reasons we'll get into why it happened, reasons within the book's control, 
reasons that are outside their control. But this this is the this is the NBA and the Celtics. Whole credit to them, really, really good, and they delivered in Game Seven. Um, weird game, weird, weird game. Like I don't know how much we can even dive into the game in terms of numbers or anything the way we usually would because it just it ceased being a normal game of any structure in the second half. But Celtics had to go and deliver, and the Celtics delivered during the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think the most important, well, I don't want to say most important. There's a lot that's important and we'll get into all of it. But I think what really swung it to being wide open is the Bucks daring Grant Williams to shoot worked out really well early and really, really poorly late. And that coupled that swing. And I will say, I know I've made fun of the credit to or hats off to or whatever, but Grant Williams, like that, I was I was going to tweet at one point, like I would rather dive into a pit of Vipers than be Grant right now because I think it is really hard at home in a game seven. They're leaving you wide open. You start off pretty cold. I think that's a really tough thing to get out of, and he did, and it, it changed everything. I mean, the Bucks had no offense outside of Giannis and Brooke, and clearly with Grant missing, Blood was going to lean into that and lean into playing Brooke more and taking away the paint and forcing him to shoot and Derek White. Derek White couldn't make anything. I think he did finish show for seven, but Grant Williams did. And I think that is really what took it from, you know, Boston winning but not dominating to the Celtics absolutely blowing the doors off the Bucks in the second half. Coupled with the problem that's been a problem all series, Milwaukee's offense is just so, so lackluster and bad outside of Giannis. And Chris is, of course, out, and that's a huge factor. You know, it, it would have made a huge difference, especially earlier I don't think it should tank Milwaukee's offense as much as it did in this series. Like it went, the Bucks we know are not a great offensive team, even with Chris in the playoffs. They haven't always been, they haven't usually been, but this was just brutal. There was no ability for any, even Giannis in the second half wasn't able to execute because the Celtics built that barrier and just no Bucks could really do anything about it. So just a really hard way. I, I think, you know, you said it would have been harder in the moment to deal with like losing on a last second shot. I don't know. I would have preferred that. I would have preferred feeling like it would be harder in the moment, for yeah. sure. But it's better in the long run too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we all know that I'm the last one to to give up. But I was tweeting about you know how the Bucks should approach the off season while not yet totally conceding in the third quarter of this game. Like, and I, I kind of got a little sucked in at some points, but it's just really, really tough. Twenty four minutes of basketball. Completely. Tough, tough I mean, indeed. you're you're right on Chris in that they should still be better in the series. They should particularly have been better in this game without him. But you could see the moment where it was just crying out for Chris Middleton. It was crying out for a cool head, a professional score, someone who could bite him some minutes. Giannis was so good to start this game, and he clearly gassed. You know, and that's seven game series. That's the entire season. That could go back to, you know, a shorter than usual turnaround from going later into the year at the season, winning a championship, coming back to an all again, whatever it was, he was gassed. And they didn't have someone capable of doing what they needed to survive those minutes. So Yanos had to keep pressing, keep pressing. That's my biggest disappointment. And I, I guess we'll get into individual players. And I do think a lot of answers lie there. Um 
And in some ways, they lie in places which are kind of the easiest to point to and say, okay, well, they've got to look at that. But they're also some of the toughest to rectify for the books at this point. But the biggest disappointment for me was how quickly the books allow themselves to become desperate because that's what the second half was. It was a complete breakdown. It's not their offense was good, but it was a complete breakdown of any semblance of, of offense. And that just fueled the Celtics offense. Like that's how the Celtics get to run away. It's because the books just lost control. It was really, really desperate stuff. You're missing shots. The Celtics are pushing. And then once they started making trees with real regularity, like, I don't know what you can do. Peyton Pritchard looked ridiculous. And we know he's not that good, but if you're going to allow him to be, if you're going to allow the Celtics to completely dominate the second half the way they did, that's that's what's going to happen. Like we've seen the books do that to teams before. This is a really uh, a really ugly case of it. But it, to me, that was my disappointment. Was they just didn't hold it together? Like I, I think we all would have liked to see more fight, and maybe that is them getting it close. But I, I would have liked to see the pride of they kind of kept themselves together. They managed to keep the game tight. That doesn't mean that it's like a, a six point game, but that's if it's a 15 point game, like manage to keep it there and give yourself a chance at one of those runs where it got really kind of frantic and desperation stuff like in a hurry. And that was pretty disappointing. And I think outside of, for me, outside of tree books, there was not a lot of good. Like, and the three guys who delivered, there was no revelations in terms of what we, we saw from them. It's like, yeah, we already know that there are players who can step up in these moments, but just really, really tough. And the fact that to me, they kind of lost their heads was very, very disappointing. Cause that's the thing as champs, as a team has been around the block with Chris, without Chris, they thrive on giving themselves a chance of making it tough. And they didn't do that in the second half. Who are the three players? I know two of them. <laughs> Giannis, Drew, and Brooke. Yeah. Oh, what? Are you tonight or the series? Tonight. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Pat for the series, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm talking about today. Like, I'm talking about this game. Yeah. Um, but even the thing with Brooke, I think they still got smoked in his... I mean, everyone obviously got smoked. Uh, there's, just, there's no... Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, there's no... But, but I mean, that... that they just couldn't hold up, but they didn't have a choice is the problem. I mean, he gave they, it everything he had, but the math just was not going to work out there. But they, they they didn't really, like, in the end, they got smoked in his minutes because they got smoked in everyone's minutes. And he was playing 37 minutes today because he's one of their better players. He's one of the onions who gets it going. Like, minus 20, just like Dallas. Yeah. The guys who they got smoked in their minutes are guys who've been talking about them getting smoked in their minutes throughout the series. Like that's on the players themselves. It's also on Bud, Bobby Grayson minutes together. Just complete train wreck. Just complete and utter train wreck. Like Grayson actually fought a lot better than he has in other games in this series. His first half, he was playable. He wasn't doing all the stuff that he's supposed to do, but he was finding a way that he wasn't like absolutely tearing it, it the books was, down from the inside. It was the, the Bobby half. game. It was the Bobby game earlier this series where it's like, oh, he's actually hanging on the other end, but does it matter if you're 0 for 6? No, Not really. Your offense is, yeah. Like Wes can Wes is one for five. No one, I think, realistically, and he only plays 21 minutes, whatever. They wanted offense. But 
you know, you can live with that kind of thing from West because he's one, he's had a pretty good offensive series overall. And two, we know what he's doing defensively. I didn't like that they went away from West on Tatum. Just, I, I just, I think Drew on Jalen makes more sense. Also, I think, I just don't like the toggle of giving Drew an even harder assignment considering we already know he struggles to keep his offense up when he's expending that much energy defensively. But you just, you can't, like, West is a big plus defensively. Grayson fought really hard to be like a neutral defensively. You can't ha- trade that for having zero offense, especially when there's so many guys who are clearly more inclined to be defensive players than offensive players in this game already. Man, Grayson looked broken offensively. Three, just a lot of the shots yeah. he took were like chuck in. He got really good looks near the rim a couple of times and just could not put him down. Same for Bobby, honestly, who does finish four for nine. Two for three from deep carries his day. He also continues to get into the game. Oh my god, that's half then, of the Bucks threes. Yeah, um, he was he was terrible. He like, could not score in, in the, it in really the flatters offensively. It was it was bad. There was and then you know I think we probably should have seen this coming. Pat had to cool off. It really stinks that he cooled off to that extent. But that's that's why you need to win game six. Giannis was better in game six. Pat was better in game six. It's at home. You really needed to come away with that one. That was what I kept thinking. And no, I'm not going to do the. Oh, maybe they should have tried game 82. Shut up. They had a home court game to win. If they didn't win game six, why do you think they would win game seven at Pfizer? They, they, either, way, all, either way. It's also, do we think the crowd is the reason why it happens? Do we think them being on the road? I I don't think so. Especially. I mean, we, we can't say it for certain. So I guess there's there's no point even going there. You're right. They had a home game to win the series. Yeah. I so mean, that's really what matters in that. But yeah, look, that's going to go on forever. And we're going to hear about oh, yeah. that like we heard about KD's and and, and the, and the Dante. Tra- I think we're going to get a lot more Dante. If only they had Dante. Oh my God. What, what if Dante great. was I, the one who was 0 for 6? How, how would that have swung the series? I'm, I'm not Dante even really funny. That's it. When you see that talking point, you know it's someone who doesn't, doesn't know anything about the books. They're yeah. just not paying attention to the books. Particularly now, going into this offense, you know what's worth more than what Dante would be able to bring in is the picks they got in exchange, because they're gonna have to find some things that are it isn't the draft or it's making deals like those picks have value. Dante was expiring; nobody wanted him back. I don't really have any massive belief that he would be able to do much. The ways that is he a better defender than Grayson? Sure, he's a better defender than Grayson. But the ways in which the Celtics were working Grayson or even, say, working George Hill at times, you'd have the same problem with Dante. So, um, yeah, let's just – you can discount that one. That's one I'll just kind of glide by between now and, you know, the rest of time is the idea that trading Dante was a bad idea. George Hill hitting negative threes over the last four games is really sending me. Negative one threes. What? He committed an offensive foul to take away a Grayson Allen oh, three-pointer oh. in this game. He made negative one well, threes to, to over fair, the last four fair, games. He was just running. He was just Run running. Run better. Uh, well, I just wouldn't run near Grant Williams. That's something I've learned in the series. But I wouldn't put that foul really on him. Well, he did it. it, it did he, though? Yes. I don't, it wasn't an offensive it. foul. It shouldn't have been. But no, it it's shouldn't. But, the point. but it it's, doesn't, it, that it, doesn't matter. It, and it takes him down to zero for this series. Negative one over the last four games. You just can't. You just can't. Like, like if you look at the total offensive numbers, it's Pat, 
Uh, George Hill and Javon Carter, who made two of four threes in the series, Javon in about half the minutes of Hill, and then a bunch of guys who shot 33% or less from deep. And we just know how that goes when, when a team is playing honest. If you can't make them pay when they send that help, it's not going to go well. And, you know, the Bucks credit to them. They got to seven games. It's great. I know a lot of people want to hang the got to seven games in the second round without Chris Middleton participation banner. But it's it's not good enough. I don't, I don't think anyone wants to hang up on it. Like, uh, seems like some, a pretty wordy banner. Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with it personally, but some of the some of my replies are, are on different energy. I don't know. Luxury tax savings seems like a little little uh, less wordy. To I will say, I mean, they went with mathematically Grayson and um, Hill over PJ, more or less, right? And that was an awful decision that we all thought would be a better decision and that would age well. But uh, you would have much rather had PJ than any of Bobby, any two for sure, maybe even all three of Bobby, Hill, and Grayson. The thing with PJ and not not all of that. I mean, obviously, if they if they did keep PJ, the Grayson trade becomes more complicated. But generally, you could have had PJ and a lot of the decisions they made anyway. It's just at a very significant cost. Yes. Also, that we're gonna get into obviously the territory there where people start to tell me how much it is and be like, well, you can't expect anyone. It's like, well, I don't buy NBA teams because I can't afford it. But <laughs> if you're buying an NBA team and you want to win, like there are decisions that you're gonna make that. Guess what? They're going to cost you a lot of money. Wait, Adam, and you can't afford an NBA team? I absolutely cannot. Um, Make I, sure you subscribe. Can you, Rohan? Wherever you're listening. Uh, help <laughs> us up, buy the Hit up gspnstore.com and get active <laughs> so we can buy the bucks, please. This is why we needed to monetize the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're well on our way. We're not monetizing yet. so uh, But come back, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Soon we will be. And the $5 a month we make from YouTube, is it's going to add up in... 13, one of these days in thirteen thousand lifetimes i think we'll we'll hit a billion dollars but and then we'll be like a third of the way there <laughs> <laughs> um the good the good thing right with that whole conversation that i'm sure all of us are dying to have is we're gonna get to have it again and the yeah. owners are gonna have to go through that same situation but in a worse spot where you're not the champions so the decisions are harder if you if you pay up now, you're paying up for a team that lost this year. And if you don't pay up, you're actively making a team that lost worse. So that whole conversation is going to get much worse for everyone. We're going to be having it, I'm sure. Uh, and it's going to get tougher for the owners. And they might just do the same thing, but it's you're in a tougher spot because you did it last year and you do it again. It's like, if you're going to pay it, you pay and you pay the highest price and you go and you win the championships and you at least have that to show for it. But they paid quite a bit of tax this year anyway. And they have a second round exit. Well, Does that happen with Chris say. Middleton there? No, but that's beside the point. This is what happens. It's the NBA. Yeah. And part of the reason you get as many good guys in your roster as possible is for the possibility that injury strikes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say, you know, not to instead of getting into the whole they should have paid everyone thing. Like, clearly there were constraints that Horst had to operate within. And again, I think at the time we liked most of the decisions. We were also wrong. The decisions that John Horst made throughout the season were not good enough. Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale, a.k.a. number 37, were terrible and couldn't play. Don't and, you diss Big Rod like that. And credit, I miss Big Rod. 
you were the one who was saying they they didn't need him last game. I said maybe. No, so Ty, don't hold me accountable for anything I ever said. <laughs> okay, well, fair. That that sounds fair. You're just a podcaster. I, I shouldn't expect uh, you to stand by the the words. I'll get blamed for him anyway. Um, Grayson, not a 16 game player. Bobby Portis, he's a four game player. Yeah, uh, he's. I a, mean, like you could say he's not a 12 game player. How about that? Because the first round's always a joke. Yeah, it's true. It's very Forbesian. Portis is tough because we all love Bobby, and I think he made strides defensively, but they could not afford him shooting sub 40% from the field, sub 23% from deep, and contributing 69 total points across 70 games. Nice. They just couldn't afford it. They need, He was offense. He had to be that guy. I mean, he starts all year. He's He's been an offensive focal point. The Bucks absolutely could not afford him and Grayson, who – Scored 35 total points in seven games and shot 31, 20, 57 splits. And Wes Matthews, who, you know, 33, 33 splits, pretty much expected there. Uh, and Brooke, who just wasn't able to play as much. And Pat to get cold at the wrong time. Drew to do playoff Drew stuff, which is to say 36, 30 splits. Although I will, 95% from free throw. It's really impressive for Drew, but the offense just not, not good enough. Chris helps a ton. But you just you can't have everyone fall to shit, excuse me, that quickly without him. And it, that poorly. Like there's just there was nothing around Giannis far too often. The Bobby points is interesting. I looked up because we've been talking about it and I decided, you know what, I better finally look it up. And I looked it up before I had seven games worth of stats in the series because that game seven is gonna skew all the numbers to something that just doesn't tell us anything anymore. So I looked up two man lineups. I know the flaws here, but just as something kind of something there for us as an indicator. So two man lineups, three books lineups that have played over 50 minutes in the series, three two man pairs. Um the worst. There's obviously more than that, but these are the three worst. Okay. I worded that terribly. The worst, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, minus 29.2 in 81 minutes. Next, Bobby and Brooke, 59 minutes, minus 24.1. Then Bobby and Grayson, minus 22.9. Bobby and Grayson as kind of mainstays across that is, is a problem. It's also it's a problem we're all aware of. Like We know the issues. And yeah, it, it's a good point when you compared Grayson today and Grayson the first half with the Bobby game from a while back. Because it's kind of the spot both of them are in. It's like even if their defense is at a point where it's like, you know, the defense isn't that bad. Their sole job with the books is to produce offense. And if you're not doing that at a really high level, if you can't be the, the player having like the Grant Williams game or the Al Horford game from earlier in the series, then it's not going to work. Like Because as opposed to those guys on the Boston roster, that's what Bobby and Grayson are here for. Like they're here purely for that. In theory, Chris going out gave them more opportunity to do the things they're good at. And they kind of fell flat on their face. And ultimately, in watching this game and I'm watching Brooke in the first half, I started thinking, like, should Brooke just have played more in this series and they actually tried to utilize him like they did in the first half? Try to feature him, try to work mismatches because there were easy points there that they were giving up all along. Ultimately, you know what? It doesn't matter. But it brings us back to a spot where center is a 
problem position for the books because Brooke is still like everything for them. Bobby, that's that's a tough one. Bobby in the front court, I, I still feel pretty uncomfortable about it. That's a big question coming up. But ultimately, like with Brooke's age as well, if we want to map out the Bucks as continuing to contend in the, the years to come, which in lots of ways they are set up to do, the biggest concern, the thing that could sink them year in, year out is Brooke getting older and whether it's Bobby still there or Bobby's gone, you know, what, what do you have? What are your options there? Because that was a real problem in this series against a team like Boston. It's going to continue to happen in the years to come too. You didn't talk about the inevitable surge extension. There's still people saying, why isn't Surge playing? And I just, I don't know. I don't know what else people needed to see from Surge to answer that question. He'd have taken a lot of shots. That's all we can say, basically. Yeah, it could have, been, could have been offense. He will take some shots. The, the, the issue is, I mean, Brooks shoots 48% from the field this series and, you know, makes an impact on the boards, everything else. The Bucks got blitzed. I mean, he has the worst by far. Plus minus, and I know it's noisy over a seven-game sample, but I do think in a playoff series it does give you some context of trends. And you know, the next two worse are a tie between Grayson and Drew. I think for Drew, that's he's always playing the non-Giannis minutes. The non-Giannis minutes always went so bad. Grayson, we've talked about a lot. Brooke, there's just all too many threes. The Celtics were able to hit their threes. The Celtics had role players who took advantage of the space. The Bucs didn't. I mean, we talked after game one, which feels an eternity ago, that the Bucs had better depth, and they didn't. They, after that point, really, for almost the entire series, they did not. And outside of, you know, this game, you could argue, game six was very close, probably edge Tatum. But even if Giannis is better than Tatum, he's not going to be better enough to make up for the massive golf at almost every other spot for a lot of this series. Like, Peyton Pritchard scored 14 points before this game was over. Peyton Pritchard made as many threes as the entire Bucks team did tonight. In 17 minutes. It's like the Bucks getting a, that production from a bench guy outside of the Pat game in game six just never really happened. They never had it. And, you know, the Bucks got the Celtics got that from Pritchard plus 10 for 22, 27 points from Grant Williams. Imagine if Bobby Portis had 27 at any point in this series. That would have felt like an auto win with the way the defense played for a lot when they weren't giving up all the threes and the way Giannis played. They just never had it. That ended up being it. Yeah, it really did. Can I put oh. something out there which is kind of interesting when we think of it now? Because when you run through, yeah, we did. We talked before the series. We talked after game one about the books having better depth. The books had more depth. It just turned out to be not very useful. And now if we take like a three, four-year cycle for the books... The years when the books have more depth and it looks like they're deep do not work well for them. I think there's one reason that's obvious, <laughs> which is you give Bud more options and sometimes that's a dangerous thing. But it is interesting also to look at the Celtics. Like the Celtics in this series and the Celtics going forward now, their rotation is not dissimilar to where the books were at last year in that it just has to be tight. And as a result, there's just not many like not many empty minutes ever because you're, you're only playing guys that can play that have to play. I'm still like that. I don't not no disrespect. He's on the conference finals. I wish, I wish books players are Malik fits. Like when he came on again, I'm like, who's Malik fits. Who's Juwan Morgan. 
Like, but you know what? That's the way the Bucks roster was built last year when people were seeing like Sam Merrill. I, I'm sure that's that's the response they were having. Axel Tupan. Yeah, it's I, I think that's something that I don't know. It's maybe a little bit different to how we conventionally think of roster construction, but coming into the offseason, and particularly when it's all gonna be about oh the Bucks tax bill and you know the constraints they're under in terms of cost. Is it even prudent for them to be spending like big beyond six, seven guys? Because I don't know. Is that how teams are winning anymore? It doesn't really feel like it because the best teams are the most hardened teams. They're just going to run deeper with their minutes for their best players. And all of a sudden, like when you run through that there, it reminds me of being like, oh, well, we've got Nikola Miritich. And we've got, you know, it's it's just another version of that. It's another oh, version. Why'd you say that name? But that's uh, what it is. It's it's like you go into it and you're like, oh, there's like there's five players who could come off the bench and play in the playoffs here. And no, there's not. <laughs> and there should really be two when it comes down to it. You find that out too late and the series is over. I think I mean the what it comes down to in the end is everyone they prioritized spending money on this offseason did not come through. And you know, whether that's they had too many guys. I mean, the, the, the issue is, I mean, they couldn't have consolidated it that much more. I mean, except outside of keeping PJ, which again, I think he obviously would have helped a great deal. He would have not knocked down the shots they needed them to, needed knocked down. That's the one thing he wouldn't. Well, first half of this regular season, maybe. Um, but having that switchable, being able to go Giannis at the five and actually having four other guys who you trust to switch with Chris out would have been massive. I think that's where the difference would have been felt the most with him. But, you know, they they prioritized Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, and George Hill. And it's just 0 for 3. And it's really hard to overcome that. I mean, there, there are other free agency signings. The, the bottom of the barrel ones that we've seen sometimes pay off for them didn't. Uh, and, Matthews. Yes, I was thinking during the actual offseason, they, they got super lucky. I mean, imagine how this would have gone if they never signed West or if somebody else had thought Ooh. to. This would have been a, like horrible. I guess maybe Javon would have actually had to play. I think helps a little bit. It wouldn't have made up for not having West, though, and, and that defense on Tatum throughout the series. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones 
who get it done. Who knows? It's all it's all butterfly effect, right? You can't really predict what's going to happen based yeah. on prior outcomes. You just have to proceed going forward. Not to have our statistical discussions that we've had uh, <laughs> in the past. Um, uh, here's a stat. I like stats. The Bucks shooting twenty seven point nine percent from three this series was bad. Yeah, it's not a great stat. My stat. I hate stats. <laughs> I pulled out the deep deep stat bag for this one. Yeah, what did they get uh, outscored by, like 180 points from three or something ridiculous? Something like that, yeah. And I do think I do think Bud leaned too far into that defense. This was a really bad Bud series. But mm-hmm. I, I don't have the energy to yell about it because I don't – I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. I, I probably still would yell about it. But That's like I've always got some energy to yell. Well, the, here's the issue. I think game six I think was winnable if they had played smarter. And, like, I don't have the energy to yell about Game 7 because I just got their asses kicked. And I don't think there was an adjustment that matters. Like, I don't think if Javon plays Hills 12 minutes or whatever, do I think that swings this game? No, I don't. But maybe it swings one of the previous games. So that's what stinks. And, no, I'm not doing the fire bud thing. It's ridiculous. No, it's completely stupid. The bigger story is that guys just didn't play well enough. I don't think Bud had a good series. I also do not think he was – close to their biggest problem this series. But is not uh, drawing up the miss all your shots plays from the huddle. I don't know. You don't know that. We don't know the inside it's true. Tricks. Classic rope-a-dope. He could be, what is the term, slobber knocker? I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what that means. You're on board with that? No. This was not a slobber knocker. This, this was a one-sided slobber knocker. All the slobber Whoa. was on the Milwaukee side. <laughs> it, was the, it was the book slobber <laughs> all over the floor. That's what yeah. I have to keep Whoa. coming That's why was so the floor. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So are the Celtics the knocker then? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just take this well-known saying in a completely different It's not direction. a well-known saying. I had multiple people text me saying, what on earth is that saying? All these Gen Zers. This is it. People don't watch boxing anymore. Unaware of the, the joy of a good slobber knocker. I think they're aware of this. <laughs> God. On the, I'm just yeah, going yeah. to yeah, move yeah. on to something else. On the, the, the strategy, which I guess leads to Grant Williams taking 18 trees in game seven. Yeah, it's bad. I think it's a little much. It is, but I think your point about the previous games is valid because I'll stick with what I, I feared from the beginning what I've said all along, which is you don't lose this series because of Grant Williams doing that or Al Horford doing that. You lost because of what Jason Tatum managed to do to you in the games in between. I doubt Jason Tatum is just absolutely unbelievable. Some of the shot making, like it is truly it's, it is KD-esque. There's, there's no one else that can do that, but that's when in games four, five and six, that's, it was game four when he started to kind of up his volume, become more efficient. Losing control on that, losing the handball, that, that, that's part of the problem. And that's when your other strategy, you can't allow the other guys to have those shots when you don't have the ability to really kind of restrict what Jason Tatum's doing anymore. Yeah, and that's where that falls apart. That's why I did not have hope in the second half because you just, you can't come back. You can't. You can't ever expect to come back on a player who can do that from double digits. It's just too hard. One, he, we saw he got comfortable in this series. And you can go on a little nice little 5-0 run. The Bucks could not do that in the second half of this game because they couldn't hit the rim at all. 
Giannis just started missing layups, and that's really what I was like, oh, they're going to go out sad. It's okay. It's over. But, like, if they make, you know, three great plays, Tatum's going to come down and hit a couple threes, and it just doesn't matter. And you just can't – you can't make a comeback like like against a, against a guy like that in a team like Boston. So that's why I really thought they had to go into the fourth quarter, either basically tied or, or in the lead to be able to win, and they very clearly did not do that. Can we talk a little bit about – the first half and I guess where they were at halftime because I, I felt <laughs> right up until what was it 0.9 seconds left in the first half oh god I, I thought there was, it was an excellent first half and it was going to be bad that they were down by two points and it was really bad when they were down by five because it, it felt like they played really well and, and it was going the way they wanted to that was it was a gut punch that's the only boxing terminology I'll use with that one <laughs> Um, but they didn't, they didn't respond at all. Like my, my one thought at halftime was that's a really painful one. And now it's five points and you're on the road and none of this is ideal. You've got to come out and be the ones to kind of hit back first. You've got to be the ones to show a response. And they did the complete opposite. They folded right out of the gate in the third quarter. But that's, that's the thing that to me, I find really tough because this is an, like an all time disastrous game seven where they were actually very good in the first quarter. I think still kind of solid, although they let it go. They lost the second quarter pretty comfortably. Overall, it felt like they still had some element of control in the game. And then they just were a no-show for the second half. Like, that's the thing that will probably get lost in it is is even more difficult to unpack. But again, that's just, that's where the disappointment comes. The fact that, okay, the call went against you. It's a five-point deficit. It probably shouldn't be. You certainly don't feel like that's what was deserved at that point. To come out and just show nothing in response to that, though, is brutal. Yeah. It's been a long year. It's been a long series. No, and yeah. It's had a lot more juice. I, I thought the first half, the first quarter was great because Giannis was able to play make and guys were able to do something with the looks. The second quarter, it tightened up and I started to feel like it's, it's going to be hopefully really close unless the Bucks can can heat up, and they didn't, and it wasn't close because Boston then got red hot from there, and they really rode the momentum of Smart, you know, doing Marcus Smart stuff, finally getting that shooting foul he thought he was owed. But, you know, I figured eventually they'd have to go away from Brooke because it, it was they were just giving up so much. It was so bold the way they approached it, and I thought it was like, that's the kind of thing, yeah, maybe you can steal a quarter, quarter and a half, but then you should probably just match Brook with Tice and Time Lord if he plays. He didn't. Um, certainly was the right call, I think, for Boston because they're going to need him a lot more against Miami, and he was not giving that much to them uh, against the Bucks. But, you know, the combo of the Brook defense no longer working at all and, you know, the Bucks offense falling off of a cliff, that was, that was just always going to be killer. The fact that the really disheartening, and there's so many disheartening parts, but the really disheartening part about the third quarter is the Celtics barely had Jason Tatum, who picked up his fourth foul very early. And it's like, it's it's scripted to go on a run. Like, he plays for four minutes of that quarter, and the Celtics win by 10 anyway, with Giannis playing the whole quarter. I mean, if you can't win the eight Giannis, no Tatum minutes, uh, that that's a wrap. That's going to be that. And, and the Bucs just couldn't do it. I know I said it in our group chat during the game, though, and this is not me putting any value as in good calls, bad calls. The third quarter became a ref show. Yeah. And 
the books fell behind and then the game is like it was beyond stop start that was a really really long third quarter and that favors the team who's in front and has kind of rapidly built a pretty significant lead the books needed some flow to that game so if they could get some stops that they could then go off and have a run of their own and get back into it and it wasn't there in the third quarter and then i think also that fuels kind of the desperation more and more and i mean also for the grant williams and then later pritchard like the brook defense when when that falls apart it's when the other guys again it was when tatum before he came into foul trouble it's like when those guys start making their shots and then the lead builds for the celtics there's less pressure on all of those shots because early in the game grant williams did not like that he was being dared to shoot and left wide open but you know what those shots are a lot easier when you're up 12 it's like the pressure in a game seven on them isn't as great you don't feel like everyone's looking at you like you're being singled out as the weak point so that's the thing that when it goes against you i really think the books need to switch that approach up right there and then because you weren't going to get back into the game by conceding endless open trees to grant williams or to other players then as they just broke down like again it's just it's bad decision making the adjustment wasn't there and that's on bud that's also on the players there just wasn't i don't know there wasn't someone rallying them together there wasn't someone bringing the fire that i guess pj brought last year there, there wasn't the kind of the strong voice like Giannis was doing his best to lead in the way that Giannis does which is generally by example but it would have helped to have someone kind of rally them. And it's even like, that's the kind of spot where you're like, okay, Bobby, Bobby, all the development that Bobby has had, all the growth in his character. And I think his patience, his temper as his career has progressed, but particularly in Milwaukee, I mean, he got into foul trouble and he was pretty heated for a lot of that. He, he snapped his goggles. He threw it to the crowd. Uh, like, that that's not the way that that needed to be channeled. I do think the books could have done with someone internally waking them up. Didn't come though. And that's a problem because as much as we like, I think it's safe to say we were not the biggest Marcus Smart fans. I We could probably add at this point, we're not the biggest Grant Williams fans because you can't be a fan of a team that isn't the Boston Celtics. We'll watch those guys play and particularly like them. But how they play the way they talk, that's useful on your team. Yeah. They fed it's up fun to watch. Other. The whole second half, they were 100%. They were playing it up. I will say for the Drew uh, offensive stuff, he is the one, the only buck who showed up in the second half. He ended the second half with 15 points, four assists, shot six for 11, despite missing all three of his threes. Nobody else scored in double figures in the second half. Giannis, four for 16 for eight points. Celtics were able to build a barrier. I thought he actually he did get some luck too that he just missed. I think no more and gas three, in the tank. Three point blank layups. Yeah, which again, like I'm not that sick over it because it, it didn't matter. Six yeah. points wasn't swinging this, but it it was tough to see Giannis just really really run out. I mean, again, he, he had the masterclass in Game Six. That that's the one he had a masterclass for like yeah, every other the, game. Yeah, six, the first six games. Well. He started off a little slow. Three, four, five, six. I think even really in game were. one, he had a twenty-point triple double. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And they won. But yeah, 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 yeah. Game two, I think, was bad, and this one was pretty bad, all told. After an awesome start, but no one's no one should be blaming Giannis. I, I think he clearly did enough no, I have for the Bucks to, to win this series, if not this game. 
No, he's the he's the single reason that the Bucks had a chance to win this series. Yeah. I mean, with with without Chris, whatever, this team goes as far as Giannis takes them. Giannis almost got it done completely by himself. <laughs> yeah. Which is just a testament to his greatness. I mean, we can't go an entire podcast without talking about that. Like he just it's greatness. I know it finishes on a bad stat line. He had 20 rebounds for the second consecutive year, by the way, which is ridiculous. But like that, he almost had a triple double in the first quarter. Like dominance, dominance. That's all I can say. When he checked out after 11 minutes, I believe it was 24 points the books had, and he had scored and assisted on all of them. Yeah. Like that's, that's the kind of game we're talking about. And honestly, I, again, that was a big leveling up his performance in the first half because how I took it was he came out passing, like aggressively trying to find his teammates. He knew what we talked about in the previous game. It's like he could go and score 50. He could go and score 60. That on its own was not going to be enough. He had to get meaningful support from some teammates. I think that's a big part in why Brooke was able to get some points early. Giannis found him with some great passes. Um, there were good passes to Drew too. And he was looking for even guys who weren't making their shots at that point, like Grayson, like Pat. Like That's a big part of his evolution, his understanding for that. And he executed it really well. The game falls apart. It has nothing to do with that. But again, really, really impressive to see. That's a new wrinkle in his game because like, we spend all the end of the last game being like, uh, okay, or the last pod talking about where is Giannis going to get help? Who's going to help Giannis? And Giannis essentially said, well, I'm going to help myself because I'm going to make sure these guys get some points early. And he did that, and yet the help couldn't sustain itself beyond that, which is the disappointment. So there's going to be a lot of actual off-season content because that's where we are now for the Bucks. But who that is like who do you guys feel good about taking into next season? Giannis. This is uh, yeah, okay, that's one. We can cross him off. And this is gut check. This is not serious True. analysis of the season. I think how, how I deep think do I, you want to go? How many Okay, go on. Drew. Let's I agree. Let's just go through them. Think yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. offense, to an extent, is an issue. I know it's magnified with Chris out, but... Yeah, it's. I don't think we can, like, understate that. I mean, just for a really simple question for both of you, what do you, what do you think this season ends up at if Chris doesn't get that injury? The finals? Probably. I don't know. I don't yeah, like doing I, the thing where... Yeah. I don't like... I don't, I, you, I'd like to avoid You have that. to... But you have to, if you're going to map into next season, who we're valuing. Like, Drew and what Drew brings to your team is very different when he is not the next guy and the only guy in terms of a supporting star. Like, I I don't, this is not, again, this second year running where Drew's offense in the playoffs is not outstanding by any means. But I don't really have issues with his performance overall. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to think, I didn't mean to imply it was a 50-50 for me. The offense gives me slight pause, okay. but then I say yes. So Giannis, Drew. Yeah, Chris, yes. Yes. Does he only have one more year before the option? I can Yes. Check. I think it's, yeah, I think we looked it up. It's going to get interesting. He's, he's going to opt into it. Yeah, I think so. Dep- depending on timing of the spike, though, because when's the next TV deal? I never know. I don't know. Those, these he ones are all just, boring anyway. He might just be the wrong side of it. Oh, unless these are all boring, unless 
You know, Dame tweeted he no, would play with Giannis before the game. He did. Let's go get Dame. See what happens. Did he? There. Yeah. He tweeted yeah, that he before did. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked him who asked, he wants to play yeah. with. Yeah. He just said Giannis. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. So there's some circumstances where maybe, but those two guys, these are also the more boring ones because they're under contract too. It's not. Let's let's go one because we're gonna have different lists from now on. Oh, are we ranking? Like, I thought we were just gonna. No, go no, through. we don't have to rank. Let's I, just I think go through. The top yeah, three players are no brainers all around. So if we want to go like individually, who would we keep from there? I don't know what kind of crossover we'll let's have. Let's just it's it doesn't have to be in any order. Someone just name a name and we'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll just go down from contract value. I've got it up in front of me. Brooke Lopez under contract for for one more season. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I think. There needs to be an emphasis on figuring out a succession plan there this year. That needs to happen. It doesn't have to be 100%. a seven foot one center, but they need they need to find It'd someone be nice, else. Yeah, that would be great. But I think Maybe even seven foot two. I think you could find a What's perfect. You could find a perfect four to pair with Giannis, which I think they tried to do with Bobby. I think that's an okay answer as well. But they they don't have it, and I don't think you want another bigger option. I don't know. They they need a succession plan. Your your, your point. Seven foot. Your point um, on that, I think, is which I would agree with. Ideally, you find a Brook replacement who will take you years beyond Brook's career playing. Similarly to Brook, and the books can build their playing the same way. Chances are slim because there aren't too many players like that in the NBA to begin with. Yeah. So alternatively, you just got to find another strategy that that works is as consistent and as effective, and. They didn't find that yet, like particularly on the defensive end. No, not Rudy Gobert, who's Bob would have Rudy shooting like five threes a game. He's on a supermax, so I think we're, we're <laughs> like, gonna yeah. go now. Jazz Rohan, might buy him out. Who knows? You said you said yes right away to Brooke too, right? That's a that's yeah. moot. We're good. Yeah. Grayson Allen. Yes. Oh, I would love to trade Grace. I would love nothing more than to trade Grayson Allen. I think year two of Grayson's different. I'd be making phone calls. Though. I would and be. That's, that's that, a I mean, what, me. what's the point? Like right now, is trade value is at an ultimate low. Maybe teams are kind of dumb. The, bu- the books also aren't a team in a position to just wait rounds and see when his trade value comes back up. If like it they, comes back his, up, yeah, that's that's it too. But his salary is not insignificant. He is their tradable contract. When right? you're a luxury tax team, it costs so much more. So. If you're sitting there and you're like, he's not really doing it, and you're going to be squeezing other deals or other guys, it's like there's two guys we're probably going to talk about the next two who are going to come up. Like they have to, they have to figure out their futures this off season. And if the question was, do you want those guys back, or do you want Grace and Allen's contracts to be something that's going to prevent you from bringing those guys back? I think that's a really simple one. So there may not be takers. It's I don't think it's a terrible contract. You could be right, Rohan, but I'd be I'd be making calls because ultimately he could have a very good second season and he could have a very good first round and we could get right back to this kind of point next year. He could do the same and the books crash out in the playoffs. And then you've then it's two seasons of Giannis's prime and you're into the latter stages of Chris's prime. You're into the latter stages of Brooks' career, and part of that might be wasted on trusting Grayson Allen to hit shots that maybe he's not the guy who hits them at this point in the series. Yeah, I think the boring outcome is just kind of giving him away for some picks to some team that 
you know, the OKC route, more or less. The exciting outcome is, you know, between him and Hill, who's under contract for four million, you can get up to like fifteen million in, in tradable salary there, which is interesting. We'll see. The Bucks cannot trade their first round pick right now, but can as soon as they make it. So Grayson Allen could be on the move uh, come draft day. That would not surprise me. I know. I would it like them to use the pick too. I would like I, them they to need to start. Too. The part of the problem they're the hole they're in at this point. Yeah. Is because they're not developing. Look at the Celtics. Like, yep. look at the guys that the Celtics have who are their key role players. You cannot get by forever on not being able to, or not even giving yourself chances to draft quality contributors. Like, I, I whether it's I, a a backup point guard or whether it's plans for what your front court might look like going forward, I really think the Bucks need to try and use a pick this year. Literally anything. I would say best player available. I don't think there's any position would have yeah, helped that's them a true. ton. That's true. Any position would have helped them. I still. I keep saying I love Christian Coloco from not looking very much as the the big guy option, but you know, like imagine if you had a Grant Williams a year or two from now under contract for another year or two, and and then heading into restricted free agency, that would be that would be nice. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think they have to, but I think they probably should move Grayson. Is how I feel. He, I, I think how you worded the question was: which guys are we happy with coming back? Like, which yes. are, who are we comfortable with coming back? On that answer, I'm not comfortable with him coming back next year. Agreed. Like, I would be happier. He, he probably will, but I don't know for sure. I don't know if he will. We'll see. Um, Pat Connaughton is next. He is got a player option for five point seven million dollars. I think fairly safe to say, like Bobby Portis on this list, he will be declining that option. I think this is obvious. It will be devastating if they lose. That should be their number one priority. I mean, they they have to keep Pat at this point. Absolutely. Agreed. There's no other option. Like, that's that's nuclear. I mean, we felt sick when they lost PJ, but this would be – I think it would feel worse. Yes. Because Pat is like – he's 30 now. He's going to be in his age 30 season next year versus PJ was going to be in year 36 or, or age 30, 35, <laughs> 36. No, he's not Andre Miller, but no, it would feel it would feel Don really Saslam bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely have to keep that. I think we're all in agreement. He's like it's different to Bobby. It's a conversation that's going to come up, and people, the strength of feeling that Bobby generates is kind of there for different reasons. It's because of how Bobby puts himself out there, how he's front to center, how he's that much louder. Pat is kind of like a legacy piece of this team though as in already but zooming out and beyond whatever this book's core ends up being like pat's here four years at this point we've seen him kind of go through very different stages become a very different player than he was when he first arrives and yeah i think he's better than ever like you you were the one who threw it out there ty on the last pod they should maybe be considering starting Pat for next year and looking at a very different role for him and just trusting in a different construction of lineup, like rather than thinking, oh, well, Grayson's this sharpshooter. Like Pat can be a sharpshooter. He's been that increasingly as his career has gone on in Milwaukee, but his all around ability to give you solid defense, solid passing, solid rebounding, like all of that combined is just it's a massive plus for the team he was basically within one percentage point of allen in terms of three point percentage this season so yeah i 
I don't see why you wouldn't look at him as a guy that you want to keep around. I know he's a little older, but he's just better, and I think he's way better in the playoffs. So that one is a no-brainer. I think that would probably be the biggest that, – that will be like just heartbreaking and infuriating if, if they can't somehow find a way to keep him. They just have to. Bobby Portis. This might have to be a whole podcast. I don't even know if we can tackle this right we should, now. This we should is, make it a whole. Let's let's. It's going let's to be a whole podcast. This, this is thorny. This is thorny now. The one thing I'll say now: if they lose Bobby, it, it comes down to the old asset management in terms of what they're going to have options to do. If they lose Bobby, they're not getting a player back unless other moves are made, and there's kind of a more drastic kind of shift in how the dollars in the roster are spent on role players. You're like it probably just hurts the team to lose Bobby. If it was as simple as, yo, don't pay Bobby and use his use the money you pay him to get someone else, I think that's in that case I I'd be leaning that way. It's that, not that simple. That's but a very Bobby, good point. It's it's a Bobby's use it. situation is he, he hasn't done himself favors overall in this playoffs. That's what I'll wrap up on. But ironically, for a Mike Budenholzer coach team, it's a use it or lose it contract. Yeah. So the books have generally chosen to lose those contracts. <laughs> like have. that's they have a consistent track record of do we just drop this thing and then we're in a worse spot, or do we pay it and deal with it later if we have to trade it or try and get something out of another way? The books generally decide to just lose it. So People should maybe brace themselves for that now because I I know how much that will hurt everyone and it would be really sad to see Bobby go. But Bobby didn't put his stamp on these playoffs and this series in the way that I think was there for him to do. So we've been saying it for a few pods. It's like if Bobby wants to stay long-term and he wants his big payday, it's there for him. Just go grab it with both hands now and he didn't do that. So that's going to create a, a tricky, tricky situation. Yeah. Uh, I do think if it comes down to Bobby or Pat, it's going to be really tough for a lot of people. But there's a correct decision there that mm-hmm. I think is going to have to – may have to be made. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe they'll choose neither and, and it'll just be the Grayson Allen show and, and we'll literally tear all our hair out. Uh, I skipped Serge Ibaka. Hairs, you say? Uh, yeah. I skipped Serge Ibaka because I was looking at next what? year. I want, no, I want that. You want Serge back? Yeah, of course. You on the, the content team the or on the yeah on the fashion team or on the not I, I want him back play as a player. Cool. All right. Just don't bite on it. I just yeah yeah. Just leave it on the record. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I don't think so. No, not even for no. men. I mean, I had to think about it. He's had a respectable no. career. Well, I don't. Rohan was so convincing. It is a respectable career. It's like the it's ends. Like yeah. speaking of George Hill, no, no, yeah, that's tough. Is it guaranteed four million? Yes. Of the is that total? I thought it wasn't fully guaranteed. Is that next it's, year? It's not fully. It's guaranteed? makeup money. I think they're gonna have to do it to him again, man. Yeah, he's guaranteed four mil next year. You do hate to see it, but they've got to do it to him again. I don't know if they yes. will. Again, they will. He did it to himself. Yeah. 
Well, he I, want, I want him gone purely. Because I know. He, I know. He can't be a crutch. Yeah. I, I'm worried that I'll skip ahead a couple names. Javon Carter would love to see Javon back. Javon should be back. Well, I mean, I, I hope. I think. I think the Bucks would have interest. I think. You know, not the best way to galvanize a guy to take a small deal, although he might just not have options, but just not playing him at all over the last five have games. Options. Yeah, I think he should too. We'll see if he does. I mean, historically, they really haven't been there for him. And he's played roughly this well a couple of years ago for a season two. It would be great to bring him back. I would love to see him in an extended role with the team. I think he is a guy that if you could do the Bobby slash Pat situation, figure out ways to keep him around, he could be very helpful. I think he's shown more than enough. He, he should be. Should be like prioritized, not the right word, but he should be one of the first guys who's on the roster. Probably the third guy who's on the roster who's expiring that they're like, how can we figure this out? Thanasis. Yes. Player option. Yes, absolutely. Does he opt out to cash in? Yeah. Sign him to a full max. I, I actually do wonder if he'll just go play with Costas or something. No, I don't think so. No. We'll see. I will say this for the third year in a row. He should have a role. I think he has the right role. <laughs> Jordan War. I, uh, oh, you no. want to? Do you have more? Yeah, not. A no, no. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It really yeah, is yeah. fine. We'll have no, lots of no, offseason. No to War. No to War. It's sad because this this was his cha- this season at this series. He didn't obviously wasn't going to play, but. This season was his chance to make the Bucks prioritize him, but we know what that every dollar is X more dollars because of the luxury tax. I just I can't see the logic of paying him above this very low market rate contract he's been on to not be a you know not be a rotation guy even with Chris out. So I just think yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. He's a good scorer for a bad team. That's yep. been his trajectory. He may well do that. Yeah, I and think Bucks so. fans next year will be like, oh look. If he'd had the opportunity, he'd score 18 points for us. Like, no, no, he'd get absolutely flamed defensively. Yeah. So. Well, the issue with him is I think you could live with that to an extent, but he can't – he hasn't been able to harness that same volume scoring in a role player position. Yeah. If he's not taking 20 shots, he's not on that that super high points per points per minute or whatever um, scoring. So that that's really the issue, I think. But, yeah, I agree, I think. you know, Olympics – Jordan Laura could never work in Milwaukee because you never have that role. It's very Christian Wood. So he's going to Houston? Somewhere else first, then Houston. Maybe, Probably. actually, maybe straight to Houston. That would make sense. I could absolutely see Wara getting like a three year, $20 million contract that people are like, oh, is that really? Not right now, but after another okay. year. That's, that's exactly what happened. Oh, with in Christian the future. Wood. In yeah, the future. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If he goes to whatever the equivalent of that New Orleans team was or Detroit or wherever and Oh my, this guy's putting up 22 a game for the last 16 games of the season. This is crazy. Oh, we got to sign him for our MLE. You can get bigger too. It's kind of, it's it's unfair on that guy, and particularly after talking about losing the game seven to the Celtics, string him up. But you know, Terry Rozier to the Hornets, it's like, he's a guy, it's like, if he can just have the, the right year at the right time, then he can go and take his payday for somewhere where he's going to be like much less relevant, but he's going to make a lot more money. Terry's been good. Sure, he's aged better than the other the, the other yeah. real and Terry's fake contracts. He's better. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the same level, but just yeah, yeah. He's a player of right that mold. The top end. Of that. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, that one is pretty wild. Wesley Matthews. Yes. Yes. I think there's no downside if he's willing to take another, you know, smallish deal. Mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't go to the enough. Lakers again. Yeah, I think no, he's he, probably learned no that way lesson. He does that again. <laughs> I sure hope so. It's that'd be great. I do. It's tough because it's going to be hard for him to have another season this good, just because it's such a good season. But it would be great to have him and need less from him this time around, or next time around, I should say. He's holding up in spite of his age. Like he's the reverse of George Hill, where it's like yeah. he was actually asked about as much as like anyone outside of Giannis and Drew in a physical sense on the team, and he was up to the challenge. So yeah, deserves a lot of credit for that. His age, I'd have no no qualms about bringing him back. Yeah. Luca Vildoza. Yes, yes. absolute hard. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's, what is he? He's got like a partial guarantee next year, I think. I don't even, it might even be non guaranteed. I'm pulling I think it, it up. It is non guaranteed. Yeah, it is. Though, he but. and Tucker both. I'd say keep both. Absolutely. Let's see them try to actually work a point guard who can create offense in some ways into their rotation, even if he has limitations. Could actually, like, yeah, it could be fun. He's an just interesting the archetype. He moves is so interesting. I love it. Yeah. He's just so weirdly bouncy with his dribble. I love every second that he has the ball in his hand. Serge robbed us of like half the total time we could have gotten. I'm still mad about it. Is that why you don't want to bring Serge back? Because it'll take away from Yes. Yes, it is. Also, I mean, if you you let Serge and Wara go, and that opens up two spots right there, and that's before you even talk about Hill, one of Bobby and Pat potentially, who knows, um, and Grayson. Why would I don't see why you wouldn't keep those these two guys around on their on their minimums? Like you need to fill out the roster at a certain point. So I would I would think I would say yeah. I think both. I mean, Tuck didn't really get to show much, but he showed a ton with the herd. And Luca in his couple minutes was really exciting. So I think well, I don't see I would not see the reason to not keep both around. Do we know uh, Damian Sorry. Lillard vet men? <laughs> Once he secures the buyout from Portland. And the, based on some of the trades Joe Cronin has made, maybe the Bucks could actually get Damian Lillard. I mean, if that's where he wanna go, if that's if Milwaukee's where he wants to go. I don't see why Portland couldn't make it happen. That would you be guys fun. are just going to let me eat dead air for that? <laughs> I was daydreaming. We're just, we're just thinking on. about I it. I was just daydreaming, okay? Would it be really hard to lose the salary necessary to get Damian Lillard? Yes. Would it be worth it? I mean, he was banged up this year. Didn't have a good year. Assuming he's, he's healthy rest, now. He's resting up for this year with Giannis. Holy crap, would that be fun. I mean, Steph and Giannis <laughs> and you, is obviously the best possible current star pairing, but Dame and Giannis would be pretty damn close. It's and then next you get best. Gobert? Stop with Gobert. What is with you and Gobert? I, you with that, I don't I, understand the Gobert thing. I don't want Rudy Gobert here. I don't think they're even going to trade him. I think they're cowards. I think they're just going to run it back until Don Rudy leaves. Gobert is good. Yeah, I just don't Terrible want him for though. It doesn't make any sense. On a vet min, yeah. What you can't do, you can't. He's on a supermax. You can't just say, "Well, what if he's on a vet?" We're min? talking about Dame to Milwaukee. Anything's possible. Well, Dame tweets he wanted to play with Giannis. Of course, we're going to talk about it. Rudy said the same thing. When he said something good about Giannis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there wow. aren't many players left. As much as they've tried, there aren't many players left at this point who haven't said something good about Giannis. Yeah, so I, happy for Giannis in Milwaukee, man. Wow, what a, what a ringing endorsement. Wish um, I could be on that sort of team. 
that that part I added. That part's fake. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, Lindell and Mamu, I think, are the last two, unless I missed someone. Give me Lindell. Sorry, Mamu. No to Lindell. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Do we know is, is Mamu's two a one or two year? I'm never sure. They don't. I don't know how there's not greater transparency on this. It's the box. I would want. I would want Mamu kept around. It's just how too. they do that. I mean, the worst case Ontario, you can always just bet minimum. They're going to have some spots. Mm-hmm. I think you keep Mamu for sure. I think maybe you roster one and continue to two way another. I mean, you could always sign another two way if it's expired. If the player is amenable. I don't really care. I I don't I don't get the Lindell thing with Bodie. I think I Lindell's better could be better NBA player than Mamu. Hmm. Mamu's ceiling is higher. Lindell's floor might be higher. Yeah, but Mamu is so weird. Mamu is really that, weird. Yeah, that's that's honestly that is the appeal. Like not just trying. I know you love it. It's fun to yeah. Not just that that's my kind of player, but also that is something that ends up having value if the guy develops his skills. Like in the NBA, there is a trend towards the more unique you are, if you can get the most out of your skills, your value is a lot higher. Maybe Jokic, according to John Horst. No, I wish, but I wish too. I mean, he he showed a lot this year. I think, I think they should keep him. Lindell doesn't bleed points. Lindell is good, but small. I prefer defense. I, I don't get it. I've never got it with Lindell. I we had an argument about this before. I don't. I don't see it. I also I think. I also think if you do are able to retain Javon Carter, Lindell's. It's just harder right. to have two guys like that. I think Lindell's twenty four right. too. That's the other thing. Mamu's yeah. twenty two. Yeah, I think Mamu should be the priority out of the two of them. I would not mind if they. I mean, if they if they two weighed both, fine, sure. If they Vetmin to both. I wouldn't expect that to happen. I would expect one at most. And I think Mamu makes them. I think he's been their priority out of the two for sure. It's a little surprising they didn't sign him honestly at the end of the year, but it's probably smarter the way they did it because then you keep Tuck and Mamu in the organization going into the off season. Do you think any Celtics fans who tuned in see how sad we are still listening as we talk about Lundell and Mamu? <laughs> I feel like they probably. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder when it would have gotten boring for them. For sure, when we started the roster thing. No, you know what? Probably when we said they obviously should keep Chris, Giannis, Drew. I think that's probably they were probably maybe if you get that far, you're like, oh, oh, they're gonna tear down their whole team now. And then we said, no, they probably shouldn't. Then they were probably like, oh, okay, this is. I'm gonna go listen Unless, to someone more. Which one do you trade for, Dame? Who? Whoever Giannis slash Portland picks. I think it's whoever Giannis picks. <laughs> Probably. Well, I, I, mean, Portland I, I think in theory it has to be whoever Portland picks. That's how trades work. Yeah. I know, but you don't do the trade if it's not the guy Giannis picks. <laughs> I don't think the trade's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think. I, I know we all know that, but I do think we know it's who, that? Yeah, we do. We I'm 90-10. I'm 90-10 right now. I'll take those odds. I yeah. like those That's, odds. Ten is quite a lot. Ten is yeah, ten's a ton. I need something to believe in. Believe in Giannis. Yeah, I know. That's the obvious answer. 
So we believe in whoever Giannis picks. <laughs> Trades are pointless. <laughs> no, I think they probably just figure it out. I do think they uh, – we, I guess we should say Bud is the other one. Yes. 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 But he should like, be better as well. He, he has to be better. But just to touch on that for a second because we're, there's going to be lots of that. I know when we start doing mailbags. There's a lot of promote ton, Darwin going on Tons right of questions. I hope I hope Darwin is gone. This is one thing I would like to say because I never get this. I see a lot of Bucks fans. They're like, no, you know, I don't want Darwin to go. I don't want Charles Lee to go. That's that's part of the NBA journey. Those guys have earned the right. Like they helped the Bucks to win a championship. They helped the players to develop to this point. So if they get a chance to go and be head coaches, I say good for them. I would like them to get that chance. That's on Bud to build up a staff. It's actually something Bud has been really good at. You know, the before there was Darwin, before there was there was Charles Lee, there was Quinn Snyder and Kenny Atkinson. You know, like so Bud has been through that before. That's part of the natural cycle. Um, and I hope those guys finally get their opportunity because I, particularly in Darwin's case, he's long overdue. So I'd like to see that. On Bud, I I think. What always gets lost here, Bud is a flawed coach. We all know this. The flawless coach does not exist. Does not exist. And I see names get thrown out there, and I'm like, that's a coach that just got flamed by that fan base for an entire year for their particular weaknesses or their decisions. The perfect coach doesn't exist. There are not many coaches in the NBA that maximize their roster in the way that Bud generally does. I know right now it doesn't feel like that. And this is a bad, bad series. You're not going to find me disputing that. He also won an NBA championship. And I just, <laughs> I don't think we can't get to a point where people just assume that's what it is because Giannis is here. The books had Kareem before and they only got one of these. Lots of great teams, lots of great coaches. They may only get one. It was always a possibility. It's why last year was so special. You can't assume it. You've got to put yourself in a position where every year you're going to give a great, great chance. I think they had that chance, and then their odds shrunk dramatically with Chris out, and then there's more scrutiny on Bud. There's more to ask of all the other players, and none of them could hold up on that. Like The books, based on how the roster is constructed, based on the whole situation, they're not in a position where they can afford any of the key pieces to fall and more weight to fall than everyone else. I don't think that's news to us. We would have liked to see them battle through it, but I don't think it's news. So for me, like it, this doesn't wipe out that Bud won a championship. Did Bud win a championship because of Giannis? Yes, every coach wins a championship because they have like the best player. Who is the coach who takes like 15 scrubs and goes and wins a championship? It doesn't exist. All of these coaches are flawed. All of them are flawed. Imidoka is not the perfect coach <laughs> that may rear its head in these playoffs. Like there are not many guys around the league who are better. It doesn't mean that Bud is perfect. It doesn't mean we're not all going to scream about all the things he does wrong for years and years, but we've been true. You know what a different coach with some of these players looks like. If you made that decision, you get that one wrong. The whole thing could come crashing down so much faster than anyone's prepared for 
And yeah, I don't think that should be like overlooked. I think the context too of they lost to the team. I think many are going to pick to represent the East in the finals, and mm-hmm. you know probably a significant portion of those people will say they'll probably win the finals. I think I haven't thought about it that much. I think they have a really good chance to win the finals from here. I think Golden State has looked all right with some flaws. We'll see what happens with Dallas Phoenix tonight as we record, um, and the Heat. I, I just. Kyle's Kyle Lowry's banged up. I I just don't know if they're gonna have enough to get. I don't know if they're gonna score at all. I think, you know, if if KD and Giannis couldn't do it single handedly against this Boston team, I, I don't think Jimmy Butler will be able to. Although he's had a great playoffs, um, but you know, to lose against that team, who again, at least at least possible slash likely, they'll go to slash win the finals without Chris in seven games. You know, without all the context, it's not that bad of a result, and it's certainly an understandable one. I don't think the Bucks need to tear down everything they've been doing. I do think there were some significant flaws and problems that were shown that do have to be addressed around the, the main core here. I think that's the biggest takeaway. And on top of that, three of the four guys who make the most, which I, I'm not trying to rag on them for making money, but it's, it's asset allocation, right? It matters. Drew, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, three of the four guys are, you know, getting, get, I mean, Giannis ages too, but three of the four, especially Brooke, it's just tough to waste a prime season. We just don't know how many more of, of, all, side four, of, 30. of all four. Yeah. Is Drew 30 now? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So yeah, they're all 30 plus except Giannis. That, that's, I think that's almost where it sits worst for me is you just don't know how many more seasons where, you know, those three in particular will all be able to play it. I mean, this wasn't one of them, clearly, but it's it's just tough. And I do think over the next year or two, they need to find someone else who can throw in that group of, you know, the most important, the highest paid players who is younger than those three. And that's just going to be really, really hard to do. They have Luca on their team, Todd. Mamu. Two two years is seriously the max for Brooke. Like, uh, given his age, given the miles on the clock, I think that's being realistic. Doesn't mean that he may not be with the Bucks longer five. than that, but you know, he could be there when he's thirty seven and be fine as a backup big, the kind they've lacked for all his years as the main big. Except for the one where they had Robin. But they had his brother, of course. But that's, they could get a they get a couple seconds younger. If they go they get could. Robin. That's true. <laughs> No, sorry. Go ahead, Adam. No, I, I just think that is like it is unavoidable. Like you've got to maybe this is the off season where you just have to be proactive. In I don't think you want to touch any of those four. Like it was a conversation I know when Brooke was injured, but I think Brooke late in the season, Brooke when he came back, also like it's easy to lose sight of it in this game. Even though, in spite of everything, the Celtics only scored 109 points. It feels like they scored 160 points. Yeah, the Bucks' defense in the playoffs was fantastic. Yep. It was back to what we know it can be, and the difference between what it was all season and that is Brook Lopez. We all know that um, he he makes Giannis better, he makes Drew better, he makes all of the parts better when he's there. So that's that's the question to be solved. You may need to make difficult decisions, even on pieces you like below them in order to to work that out but the pieces below them are not that great as we've learned so it's a tough spot yeah i think it comes back to the offense for me was the huge issue this series Mm -hmm. i mean the celtics scored 110 or above once the game four in milwaukee that they won 
Otherwise, 89, 109, 101, 116, 107, 108, and then tonight, 109. Like, 109 should not be this, oh, my, there's no way we're going to score 110 points. I mean, they did that, like, every game it felt like in the regular season. It's what they had to do. Obviously, you have Chris then, but you also have Bobby Portis shooting a lot better, Grayson Allen shooting a lot better, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's what I, I – if there's a way to find someone that you feel like you can trust offensively in the playoffs this offseason, and adding Chris is one. But on top of that, that I think would be the ultimate win. I don't know how you're going to do it, but that would be a great feeling. Who do you guys want, like in terms of offseason? I, that, I, that's what I can't do. That's what I don't know. I don't, I don't even know who. I, I don't, I don't know who the options are. Yeah, I don't have anything yet. We can't. That starts now. Well, I wasn't going to research this during – I mean, I guess I could have in the second half. There wasn't much to watch, but – We're actually oh, okay. like – as much one. as we joked about the draft, like last year we had three days between the draft. We actually probably will do some drafts. Well, maybe I should say but that's where Jordan and I might come in. Yeah, so maybe win at sixth. Yeah. We'll do some, some draft. draft. I'm going to do some draft. Well, you're I'll welcome because your, your co-host doesn't seem to be interested. So you can come join us, Ty. I know my faults as a human being, and draft content is one of them. You know what? No, you know what you should do instead? Just just stake territory on the Bucks will never use the picks island. Just come up with a big list of guys they could, trade, they could trade the picks for. Oh, that can be your one. draft prep. That's a good one. So we'll have, we'll have prospect big boards, and you'll have like, what can you get with the 23rd overall pick or 24th or whatever it is big board. That's great planning because – you know, inevitably, then if we all dive in and we've got all these draft content, we've done all these guys we love, at least on draft night, we can then hand it straight over to our trade correspondent. Yeah. We'll have all the options ready for us. So, oh, so you guys is don't content want to give brain me the yeah, is oh, Rohan the right guy though to draw? Oh, you, it's it's going to be Rudy Gobert and Damian Lillard. Right guy, right time. It's too late. This is perfect. This is perfect for me. I will say one guy. Yeah, who's your, who's your guy? Who? Otto Porter. Oh, I, I wanted him last year when, but I think I think he's cooked. Also, yeah. like, did you guys watch Warriors Grizzlies? No, no. Oh, that explains that. He's kind of busy. I mean, if he's really he good, good, why would they? Why would they? Yeah, let he's him been go? good. Then why would they? He's been the linchpin of their like small lineups. Oh, then I think they'll probably just keep him now. I mean, linchpin, see. really? Yeah. I feel like I've seen so many takes on either side of this. I mean, no, I have really. seen some of that series. I have not watched all of it. I mean, it's over. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> listen, the second round is it's all over for me. I don't know if you know this. The NBA, not to be like Jordan after the books won the championship, where it's like, oh, the NBA is just finished forever. Uh, but the NBA season is kind of over. I try to watch as much basketball as I can to get a good He, he had a good series. Listen, some of us also host a Brewers podcast on the network, so, you know, move on. There's there's another thing I have to do. Well, some of us also don't. <laughs> Otto Porter's playoff numbers are not good. He shot really well against uh, Memphis, but, yeah, it's six points. Four, four boards. He, he'd be, he would be helpful. It'd be nice to have a wing like that. They tried like if, four times. If yeah. he shot really well against Memphis, his, so for 10 games in the playoffs, he has splits of 38.3%, 31%, and 75%. And that would have been amazing for the Bucks. 
He uh, he shot forty three point eight percent from deep against uh, Memphis. What was his first round then? Must Not have been good. really bad. It was really, well, he was really in, bad. He was also in and out. Oh, yeah. He missed game seven yeah. or six. They finished in six, right? It's game six. Yeah. Oh, so he, he had a good five games. Out of six. I feel comfortable sticking with my auto border take. Okay. He's younger than I thought, too. I mean, I, I would be he fine. younger. If, if they signed him, I'd be fine with it. I, actually, he's actually he's older than I thought. He's about to turn 29. I thought he was in his 30s already somehow, which doesn't make sense because I know he just got drafted a few years ago. Let's not. Why are we doing Otto Porter right now? Game seven just ended. I said one guy. I had named one guy. You guys can't even name a guy. You're flaming my guy. I can name a lot of guys. The ones who played in the game seven we just watched. That's what I'm focused on right now. <laughs> Anything good on um, underwater stuff? Reddit? I haven't, got, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been able to get into some mechanophobia yet today. That's what I'm going to do after this pod. That's for sure. I was right. reading this crazy article about these cave divers in Norway three days ago. Oh, I'm God, not that getting, scares it. No, that scares the shit couple, out of me. A couple passed away. They had to go get the bodies. It was pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Really have, I, have I gone on my ocean rant to you guys? Oh, you, you just don't. Is the, the ocean, ocean scary? Yeah, it sucks. No, the ocean is the most it's scarier than space. We know sure. less about it than space. Ninety, I think ninety-nine or ninety-seven percent of the oceans are unexplored. I, whenever so I hear that, I just think like, do we have a reason to? Yeah, who who knows what the fuck's down there? Fair. So you're taking the ocean or the sun? <laughs> I'm taking the ocean. No, give me the sun. That's that's crazy. Ronald just continues to okay, just no, I, underrate I take the, the sun. sun. I take I take the sun. The sun is super underrated to Rohan. <laughs> no, the sun. I'd take the sun. I'm kidding. No, the, the oceans. Like I would rather like I don't know what I'm going to say, but you will not catch me on a ship in the middle of the ocean. No chance. I've never been on a ship in the ocean. I've flown over it. That's about it. I've, I I've been in the Pacific well, Ocean, technically. It's a beach in California. That counts, right? I see. I stepped in it, but I never, I went, it never went deep. I don't swim, so it's especially frightening to me. You don't know how to swim? No. I don't really? float. I'm going to teach you how to swim this summer. Everyone, everyone, everyone does float, though. Everyone does float. <sighs> Listen, I know like, people I, say I'm not this. a strong swimmer, but I... Ty, unless you're I did eventually muscle, float. You will float. I am pretty close to 100% muscle, actually. It's a common misconception. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I tried. They, they put me in the baby position or whatever, and then they're like, close your eyes. This is a lifeguard when I was like six. Puts me, he's like, all right, you just sit like this and you'll float. I was like, all right, bet. I close my eyes. I open my eyes. I'm at the bottom. And I got out of the pool. I was like, never again. I don't float. I, I wasn't built for this. The perfect metaphor for the books of gay science. <laughs> <laughs> If you have any strong ocean takes, hit up Ty. Uh, not underwater stuff. If, you yeah, have yeah. Any, if you're also scared of the ocean, hit me up. Uh, we can start a support group. Um, if you hate Otto Porter, hit up Adam. I think it's pretty clearly time to wrap this one up. Which is it's what I'm doing, time. Ty. Okay. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying hit everyone up so we can say thank you for oh. listening to this episode of the Eurostep Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Uh, thank you. No, just thank you to everyone who's engaged in our content throughout the entire season. Truly from the bottom of my heart, I do appreciate it. Uh, we all appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic season for GSPM. It's been a fantastic season of growth, and we are hoping to take this momentum 
into the offseason going forward because we're not going to stop coming at you guys with content. But thank you, truly thank you to everyone who supported us along the way. Yeah, This has been a fantastic season, and I'm glad we could share it with you. Please stay tapped in. We know it's not going to be as exciting for a while, but we'll be covering all things Bucks, free agency, the draft, Damian Lillard, um, Otto Porter, the big Rudy names, Gobert. the big names that people are interested in. And we'll be covering the Brewers too over at Cruising for a Bruising. So if like me, you've just been a little bit too locked in, now you're going to catch some more Brewers games, you can tap into that podcast for, uh, for more Milwaukee sports coverage. You can yeah. indeed. Thanks to everyone. And again, I mean, we joked about the start, but thanks to you guys and Siri. Thanks to Jordan. We yeah. haven't had Jordan on so much during the playoffs. He's had a hectic work schedule. But you will see and hear from Jordan plenty throughout the offseason, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're Are we right around the year, actually, now? Like, uh, just we kind of said a little bit ago now, yeah. Like, just a little bit. Because remember, the season ran later last year. I think we're right around the year mark. Um. It's been pretty amazing. <laughs> and you consider that we got a championship run to start it. We've had a really strong season. And yeah, as Ron said, I think we're going from strength to strength on all fronts. Lots of great things to come, some of which we may not even know about. Jordan's tweeting about big things coming. And I feel like I need to talk <laughs> to him and be like, hey, remember the 2027 timeline. But really, really big stuff to come. Um, so yeah, thanks for all the support everywhere. And just stay tuned in because there's. All your books off-season needs will be covered here. It'll be all sorts of other weird and wonderful fun. And yeah, we've got Brewers content at Cruising for a Bruising. And look, there's there's not a whole lot we're going to have coverage in the, the medium term. Oh, we're not over a year. We're six days away. There you go. Oh, wow. May 21, 2021. Why did I think we, it's we June? It I thought it was April. You I thought, thought it was, it was April June because of the, it was before yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my no, I thought like currently it's June. Oh well that's Yeah, that, that make problem. that that can, that clicks for you. We have a very nice review. <laughs> we have a couple actually. Okay. Um so this is it's bad timing. It's thing. it's for, no, I don't think so, unfortunately. Oh, no, it's just, it's very heartfelt. Uh it's from a Jason spelled the same as Jason Tatum. I don't think it's Jason Tatum, but from Jason in Phoenix. Uh, the headline is Bucks fan in Phoenix. It's a five-star review, of course. I'm a Bucks fan from Wisconsin that recently relocated to Phoenix and was lucky enough to attend Game 5 of the Finals. After experiencing the joy of victory, I soon realized I had few Bucks fans to talk to the game about. I found the Eurostep podcast the next day and have been listening ever since. I love the analysis, perspective, and humor that everyone brings to the pod. My favorite moment still is when Rohan had a special message for CJ McCollum after the Bucks won the championship. Thank you all for the content and for calming my nerves after stressful playoff losses. Bucks in six from Jason in Phoenix. That's a I wonderful about review. That. Yeah, I that's, that's a deep cut, man. Yeah. I do <laughs> Thank love, you, Jason. I do love when people share a moment and we're all like, oh, yeah. That's fun. Thanks, I'm not going to repeat it, but that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, because now you have to be careful because you don't want to offend Dane. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, now so we have CJ's to... gone. CJ's in the world. I think they're still they're friends. They're still buddies. Yeah, we have to yeah. be nice to CJ now. That's the unfortunate. That's true. Could you imagine true. it comes down to it? It's like, oh, Dane might go to Milwaukee. He's like, no, that guy Rohan really said mean things about my guy CJ, so I chose not to. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to you, Jason. That's that's incredible. Thank <laughs> you, you for that review. CJ. <laughs> Shouts to CJ as well. <laughs> I love his Shouts wine. Shouts to CJ. 
uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to send me some wine, CJ, uh, be my guest. Um, I don't know where else I was going with that. Pod random. Pod random. Yeah. Oh, I thought, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Pod random, everyone. Check out gspnstore.com and we will talk to you next time.